Kings of Friends podcast. Well, what episode are we on? Um, twelve. Okay, it's twelve. Isn't it? Yeah, eleven's gone. Sounds like we're ready. Episode twelve. Yes, yeah, episode twelve. That bit out. Okay, we we'll cut that bit out. Kings of Friends podcast. Yeah, we're going to do our review show today. Seems like a long time. It does. And why has it been a long time? We've been out of the country. (laughs) It feels like a long time because you've been away. I've been holding Fort in Colchester and you've been in the US of A. US of A. Yeah. Okay, so what's coming up in episode 12? What are we going to do in episode 12? Coming up in today's show, it sounds like there should be music. (laughs) That we should have music for this. In one. In one. In one. A new wash basin. Half eaten box of Ferrero Rocher. <laughs> My uncle's underwear. So in uh, episode 12, yes, what we're going to do is review our show on the 3rd of June at the <sighs> Queen Street Brew House. So many acts. Two poets and three acts. Yes. And um, also we're going to play you some music as well from the local scene. Single from Jack Walsh and Fraser Morgan as well. Okay. It's all looking very exciting. Shall we delve straight into it? Let's dive in, man. That probably sounds like we should have a bit of musical thing. Let's delve straight into it. Yeah. I like that. Or the. And in one. And or the thingy bob. What is that when you do a dream sequence? The only thing is, you can't see us clutching our chins and looking up wispily. Because that would be the actual the view on. And then our faces would wobble. And what's that? Ripple. Well, at my age, Peter, my face does wobble. Yes. Just look around. As I'm speaking. Yeah, as I'm speaking. Anyway, rip, ripple faces, let's go for it. Come on, ripple face, let's do this. So I can see in your book you've done a little roundup of... Uh, yeah. A little... It's like a preview of the review. It's a preview, <laughs> yes. It's a little, little... If you haven't got time to listen to this, you can get it all in the first, like, ten seconds. Should we talk about our first act, then? Yeah, let's talk okay. about our first act. Um, and who was our first We act? always have a poet on first, um, and that was Ellie Cornell. And she uh, is a poet, but yep. she does lots of other things as well. So we know her for Lamplight Club, Gin yep. Twins, uh, but she writes poetry as well. She does. So, naturally... Being my first uh, one outside, we went and sat outside, and yep. uh, it was a nice Lassoed evening. Lassoed her in the street, dragged yep. her into the brew house. She did attempt to run, but I, I caught her just by the Natural History Museum yeah. on the corner. And for a second, she thought I'd go away with her, and you should have seen no. the smile on her face, but no. I know, she was. She nearly got away. So we sat down, we spoke about the link between poetry and bands. So you play in two bands. I wonder whether, um, does your sort of poetry side come out in the music, in your bands at all? I think it was probably uh, the the, uh, the other way around. Um, so when I was very very little, I remember sort of like writing stories and poems first, and then I think the music came along like slight slightly later. Okay. So I think it was yeah coming up with stories, and I think the the word smithery came first. Right. So do you find uh, your your solo stuff tends to be where the poetry lies, or? within the gin twins within lamplight club is it more your solo stuff um well it's i I would say it's definitely most prominent in solo stuff which i don't get to do that much of at the moment because because obviously like focus goes on lamplight club and gins but like it definitely comes through in both the gin twins and the lamplight club as well uh in in the gin twins uh, uh yeah there's definitely like wordsmithing going on for sure uh and in lampies it does like we obviously there's six of us so there's there's six different people's input yeah. so obviously there's a slice of that 
but um, sometimes I do <clears throat> artwork for the lampies as well ah, and I yes, think yeah. some of the like imagery uh, the metaphor comes through in the imagery right I see. so yeah. and it's a I'm, I know it's strange it's another medium but I think that's where I sort of put my stamp as well do you think you're a romantic at heart do you sort of pursue an idealized reality for lot for your life it's a big question yeah i think i used to be in terms of my own sort of like maybe my private life but in like in sort of like uh my creative outlets and stuff like that i've i've always had it like a soft spot for the underdog like always yeah, yeah. and i've i remember even when i was really little thinking about why the the baddies the villains how they got there and that was always like far more interesting to me than like cinderella or um you know one of the disney princesses like i, I couldn't relate to that i i did i didn't want to i didn't want to be that like uh so i was always drawn to um the more complex character and i don't think that comes across when you've got someone who is just 100 percent the hero because it's not real if we were sort of weighing up the jam marmalade sort of world where, where do you fall in that what do you mean jam or marmalade i mean which which would you go for oh, okay. what's your preference jam or marmalade oh my god that's such a tricky question i mean what all the questions what, we've asked. i mean what what's it on is it on toast I guess so, yeah. Right, yeah, probably. Like, I like jam, like a blob of jam on porridge, mm. but I like marmalade on toast. Right. But then I like jam and peanut butter on toast. I see. We are, we are, we are, we are, we are, of kings. Tomset. The name's Tomset. Jane Tomset. <laughs> yeah. Shaken not stirred. Dun, well, you know, I just said, Jane, come on, let's let's just go outside the brew house and talk about music. Yeah. She again, there was resistance. In fact, she there is a mark on the brew house bar where she dug and <laughs> dug her nails in. And I said, You're coming this is part of the deal. Yeah. You know this yeah. come with me. Like I will not be interviewed. And it was like yeah. when you know in a film when someone's got a gun to someone, but it's in a public place, it was like that. It's like you're coming with me. Yeah. And I just sort of forced her, I said, Come on, we're going outside. Yeah. She was backing out like that, looking at people wild eyed, but no one yeah, took any like notice. Big eyes, like help, yeah, help. help, I'm about to be asked yeah. questions about yeah. my own music. It was too late. Yeah. She was out there. Bang. Another interview done. I asked her about what was her the favourite song she'd ever written. What did she think was her best song? Oh. Is Rosetta one of your favourites? It is. So the journey with that one was... Uh, I had I had an idea that I wanted to, to write a song about a busker because I was interested in that. But I happened to have a... I think it was a day off and I was watching one of those... Um, uh, sort of sci-fi documentary programs in, in, in the morning and I find those quite interesting sometimes yeah, yeah. and um, they had a few different stories and, and then there was one about um, a, a, a comet and a probe and uh, and that that was the last one and after <laughs> and I, I was quite interested in that and um, and and then, then the name Rosetta came up and, and, I, and I, I went upstairs and I just thought I want, I want to you know write something and um, 
so I had that going on in my mind and um, I, I came up with a melody line and I wrote the chorus for that one first and it was kind of sci-fi based about Rosetta and about uh, the beacon and you know and, and that it was all based around that idea but then I had my um, I, I had my chorus I should say I don't know if I just said first but I had my chorus first and then and I um, but then I knew I had to write some verses and then <laughs> like you do, yeah. <laughs> and I thought well what, what does the rest of it all mean and then I just I just remembered that I wanted to do a, write a song about a busker and I realized I could marry those two yeah. themes up See, that's very interesting nice, isn't it how to two things you've been sort of thinking about somehow come together that's interesting they do, they do. yeah they do. That, that, that worked out really well you record as a band but you perform as a solo artist can you just uh, fill us in with the sort of how that how that come about well, so um, when i go out and about I'm, I'm mainly performing really on my own when i record um my producer is uh, stewie skinner and Stu basically plays practically everything as the instrumentation wise um i do dip in occasionally with different things but um i'm i mainly when we record it's it's mainly me on vocals sometimes i contribute on the things like guitar but basically uh Stu um composes the arrangement around around my song do you think humans will ever live on mars actually live there not just visit I think it's kind of outside my area of expertise. But I think um, I, th- I think obviously there are things happening already that mm, that are. are pointing in that direction eventually. So can you, can you see a Tomsett gig on? Uh Oh uh, yeah, live on Mars. That'd be really, that'd be that'd really, be that'd be great. But I'd, I'd like to be more live, live in the local area first. <laughs> so that would be my my actual yeah. realistic goal. Sort of establish your base here, and then you can send yeah. us long distance gigs. <laughs> That's fantastic. So we're going to break out of our review of the uh, our last event. We're going to talk a bit about the local somebody on the local scene. Going to play a song of his. We're going to talk about. Fraser Morgan FM yes and I'll tell you what if you ever do a radio show please call it Fraser Morgan FM because it would just be perfect Fraser well I mean really you'd have to have your fingers in your ears close your eyes and walk around with just like a I don't know some sort of uh, tent on your head to have not noticed Fraser I mean he's been playing a long time singer songwriter in Colchester all original material very familiar face you're going to see him everywhere I mean he plays at all the different venues gigs like nobody's business I mean we're talking 600 plus gigs now and he's quite a young guy passionate promoter of mental health and um, he's a very honest songwriter I mean he writes about you know things he's experienced uh, he cares about his audience and uh, he's just a great performer let's hear a song from him now this is um, about a, a girl he met once oh Mexican girl but the song is called Mexico well mum's gonna hate me cause I fell in love again but promise this time's different famous last words that I send but mum you gotta listen she's cool and got an accent she speaks to Espinola and her eyes of me relax she's got this goddess type of face the one you see on magazine she's got that vintage type of beauty she'll be the death of me but I don't mind dying her the last face that I see she's beautiful and kind and strong and kind of icy and if I ever overstep she'll put me in my place but I'll treat her with just respect so it'll never be the case I'll be with her for just a minute and then an hour's past She's got a really awesome body Shaped like an hourglass And I love the way she laughs She's a sexy senorita Her nose is like a button Well mum you've got to meet her She 
mixes up her words when she speaks out Espanola She lights up the room like a supernova But mum you gotta listen Please stop rolling your eyes I swear this one is different Why would I ever lie? But damn she's leaving soon She wants to go see Europe But love is just a sickness And I really don't want curing And I know that this is all a lot But mum you won't believe this When we went up to the bar She even ordered Guinness That sound like a broken record But mama please don't hate me It's God I think I'm falling But mama can you blame me? And I love the way she laughs She's a sexy senorita her nose is like a button Well mum you gotta meet her She mixes up her words when she Speaks at Espanola She lights up her room Just like a supernova She's got them beautiful eyes like you see on the TV Wonderful thighs, I can see them next to me Her hair smells great, I can't seem to let it go I really think I love her, I think it's pheromone She's got them beautiful eyes like you see on the TV Wonderful thighs, I can see her next to me Her hair smells great, I can't seem to let it go I really think I love her, I think it's pheromone She's got them beautiful eyes like you see on the TV Wonderful thighs, I can see her next to me Her hair smells great, I can't seem to let it go I really think I love her, I think it's pheromone She got them beautiful eyes like you see on the TV Wonderful thighs, I can see her next to me Her hair smells great, I can see her let it go I really think I love her, I think it's pheromone Probably definitely never going to hear this song because I met her in the bar. She was really nice with a friend. She was talking about this cool book, and then I got up and left. And like, I messaged her on Instagram, and she never replied. So this song is just me being in love with someone who doesn't know I exist. Well, it was great listening to Razor Morgan. He's uh, Mexi- Mexico. Mexico. This so let's get back to our nights. Okay, yeah. To our night. Phil Hurst. I know. First outing. First. Phil Hurst. First does actually work I'll probably cut that bit out yeah Um, yeah first outing uh, he's a poet who organises poetry evenings Uh, he writes an awful lot as well he's got a lot of stuff online Um, but um, we plucked him out of his seat at the brew house and said why don't you come with us come with us Phil no I don't want to come with you come on I asked him about what why can't why can't everyone be a good poet or a good writer ooh that's a good one hmm what do you think makes a great poet and why can't we all be great poets so um so i think poetry is one of those things that's very much in the eye beholder probably more so than any other kind of like writing in because it's it it takes a bit of investment to look at and takes a bit of investment to read and then try and digest and understand um in terms of what makes a great poet i 
think that it's it's got to have that strike that balance between something that makes people think a little bit but then he's also very accessible uh, and that actually if someone just reads it quickly there's a quick joke they can get or a quick think takeaway mm. um, but then yeah like maybe makes them think a bit more about it as well okay so there's kind of a structural element to it a kind of work that needs to go into the background do you think to kind of make it work is that what you're saying uh, I th- I think so. I think you've got to have that underlying idea that might not necessarily come across on the page, on the in the formal words, if that makes sense. Okay. In terms of, in terms of structure, I I never really understood kind of formal poetry structure, which may well come across in <laughs> in in my in my performance. Right. But like, I just kind of feel like poetry is just an ex- excuse to have a go with words you're writing short stories mm-hmm. and you're part of culture to write night as well um, i wondered whether you you see the distinctions between fantasy and sci-fi and which do you fall into most do you think or are you sort of a bit of both so sci-fi uh but i think when it comes to distinction i think what this is going to sound super cheesy so apologies but what what um fantasy and sci-fi are really good at doing is they hold up a kind of again cheesy bit mirror to the world and they kind of use a either a kind of central hook or, or a premise to kind of say what if and then and then play play with that and that's what all the best sci-fi does it kind of looks at what we're doing at the moment uh, and then says well how what, what, would, what would happen if this twisted or that changed and and that's why i really enjoy it you can just take that one little idea and and just blow it up into these fantastic stories so at the moment with this kind of uh, everyone sort of looking to the future you know how will the world turn out are we going to Mars things like that I guess it's a ripe time really for sci-fi anyway there's a lot of speculation about the future I think so I think you've got you've got characters and I'm definitely using that word on purpose like Elon Musk who are like they're, they're almost science fiction in themselves the way that he's this kind of like billionaire who just kind of wants to do what he wants to do and explore and do everything yes, he could be a character he, he could quite yeah. easily yeah. be a character um, and then it probably come down to the writer which side of the good and evil spectrum he falls on yeah. but those kind of the characters that, that we need because they they prevent they create that escapism that we need and sci-fi very much I think has to have that hopeful twinge even if it's a really horrible dystopian you know horrible everyone dying and all that there's always that sense of hope yeah and and sometimes we need that we especially with a lot of things that are going on in the minute if you could sort of look through the sort of history of humankind when do you think humans had it best <laughs> uh, uh, now, to be honest, I, I'm a big believer that we're doing the best we can, right. and we've always been doing the best we can. And, and actually, if you look back and you think that we were doing any better a while ago, then you're probably enjoying and ignoring an awful lot of dysentery and and a lot of, yeah, and a lot of diseases <laughs> yeah. and stuff. And, and actually, the fact that you can, and again, this is again cheesy, but NHS, the fact that we're in this situation now, where especially in this country it can be annoying and it can take a long time but you get seen and you get healthcare and, and that you can't get much better than that well we know what Phil thinks he thinks now is the best time for humans I have to say now is not the best time for humans well it's, it's better than some of the time for humans well for some of the time for some humans well as he pointed out I wouldn't like to be one of those people like Vlad the Impaler had to go at had to go a, at yeah with a big stake up their bum and a like <laughs> Like wouldn't say I wouldn't have liked that. I'm or telling, a, I'm telling or you, a man now, if, you, if you do, if you plan something for a surprise for me, don't do that. <laughs> what a, a sort of time travel? <laughs> yeah. yeah, come on, get in. Where are we going, Vlad? <laughs> Type it in. <laughs> I think what it is is that I. It's, I mean, he points out, you know, that that it's health. Really, what we have now is we we're living longer, and when things go wrong, we actually have them fixed. 
we we like have stuff that we can do. I mean, yeah. about a lot of things anyway, yeah. and that's good. And that you know, he's positive about the future. In fact, that's part of why he writes sci-fi is because he sees you know this sort of great future, um, and so you know, sort of in the future, this will happen. Okay. He was an absolute delight to speak to. Really clever guy. Um, yeah. And anyway, I, well, I didn't tell you how I got him out <laughs> into the into the um, you know from the brew house yeah. out to the site. He just walked with me. Well, I thought they were called Body Blue. I thought they were called Bodie Blue. Yeah, and they're not. They're called Bodie Blue. So I did have to remember that because I find that what even when I'm told, even when I'm told the truth, I I usually just ignore it yeah, and say, yeah. "Oh no, my version's yeah. better." Do you mind if I call you Sharon? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Richard. Do you mind being called Sharon? Not really. Well, it's my version. That's what yeah. I find I'm doing that more and more. Just f*** it. I'll say whatever I want. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Richard and Kitty, and they are married. Yep. I don't think we've ever had a married couple. This was a bit of a nightmare <laughs> for them because they yeah. hadn't been out for a while because they do have young children. They did explain that actually to me yeah. as well, that they didn't think they'd be sitting there with me outside a pub down the side of the brew house. On their night off. On the night off. I spoke to them first of all about how they write their music. How does writing work between you when you are romantically involved? Is it is it an easy quest? Finding songs? Oh. Uh, so I write the music mainly and then I'll write some lyrics and then Rachel will just redo the lyrics and sing whatever she wants to sing, basically. And it works that way. And then we'll try and find some harmonies in there somewhere if we can. Okay. Yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Richard, yeah, Richard writes music and quite a lot of the lyrics and then I change some of the lyrics and rearrange it and make it sound better and beautiful. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and then we always get into a conversation about so what's this what's the inspiration for this song Richard <laughs> and that's when it gets quite interesting being uh, romantically involved for quite a long time so um, but yes our, our relationship of nearly 20 years has survived it so here we are fantastic and is this to do with you playing guitar maybe the music coming from you and maybe the words might be coming from you Rachel yes because I play the guitar yes. so I write the music yeah, I guess yes and I've been writing music a long long time really so. well that makes total sense uh, musical influences where do, where do you sort of stand with that do, do you have any yeah so I mean it's really difficult sort of I mean our, I don't really know what we call our sound really it's kind of folky kind of yeah indie but the thing is there's lots of things that influence because I love anything from Nora Jones to the police um, you know to R&B so really really diverse whereas you're a bit more of a rock god aren't you sometimes <laughs> well I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we both like quite a wide range of music. Eclectic. Uh, yeah, eclectic, yeah. We've been listening to a lot of kind of, I'd say kind of country actually in the last few years. So we're, we're a bit more influenced by that. Um, Casey Musgraves, Casey Musgraves we like, first don't we? Kit. Yeah, first aid kit, all those, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah. Oh, and we've got a, we a guest, inter guest person. We often get interruptions, yeah. yeah. We have had a few <laughs> drunken things between. Um, so have you found your sort of influences have changed over the years, maybe? 
Yeah, I think, it's, I don't know, it's difficult because, you know, we go right back to the sort of record collection through to the tape collection, through to CDs and now to Spotify. So, um, I mean, I find I very much listen to music that I'm still in the, you know, it's what I'm in the mood, you know, what I'm in the mood for, really. So there's always the workout playlist and the melancholy one and then, you know, the happy hippie rainbow rhythms one as well type of thing. Well, you must love Spotify then. I do because it, that's what it's made up yeah. of <laughs> playlists yeah yeah, yeah 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 I do and sometimes I can get really offended when it tells me what I should be listening to but then other times it will sort of come out with some absolute bangers and I'm like crikey I would have never have discovered this mm. uh, had it yeah had it not been for Spotify but yeah and radio as well I'm a massive radio fan so uh, BBC when I'm in the house BBC Radio 6 is on non-stop and when Richard's in the house it's Planet Rock non-stop there was a real need for BBC Six, I think, there wasn't really there? Was, yeah, 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 I think sure. there was. What we try to do within our little kind of two-piece is we try and create a nice big space. So we try and create as much space as we can with the limited sort of the instruments that we have, which are our voices and a guitar. You know? So it's not easy in a duo, is it, to create that kind of feel, really? Yeah? What do you think, Rich? Yeah, I mean, I think it's difficult because it's funny because um, Rich and I, and hopefully this will come across today, um, we're quite happy, bouncy kind of people. Um, but shock horror, guys, you know, our music is actually quite, I mean, I think it's quite depressing, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> it comes from quite a dark and painful place. Um, you know, and so it's quite, we've got a lot of friends here tonight as well, so it's been really interesting because I think they were expecting like, party! and I'm like, guys, no, like, you know, if you've come, if you've come here for, for the bouncy, uh, beats this isn't the one um, yeah so um, but I think I really like music that um, you can tell that someone singing from a pace uh, a place sorry of pain or happiness or something through lived experience so um, and I think as you get older you can you can definitely tell the difference who's the greatest TV chef oh, easy. Uh, uh, Richard on the mic Oh my gosh. Oh, Should we go to Rachel first? Yeah, go yeah. to Rachel first. Uh, Nigella Lawson, hello. Have you seen her making sausages? Because if you haven't, you need to. <laughs> As a man, you need to watch this. Richard, any idea at all? I mean, well, you just, just uh, come on. I like uh, a chef. I've seen him online called Uncle George. Um, he's from Asia and he's hilarious okay. because he rips the shit out of Jamie Oliver and Colin Ramsay. And he goes, <laughs> he's just excellent. So Uncle George, I love. as, But he's not a TV chef. Right. Um, he's not TV friendly but he's certainly really hilarious so check out Uncle George <laughs> yeah so now we're going to break out once again from our preview show yeah. to play something from the local scene and who are we going to talk about this well I'll tell you what time? yeah I've got my fingers on the pulse here um, I was introduced to the music of Jack Walsh who I know that we didn't know about Jack Walsh but Dean Frost Local yeah. singer songwriter, yeah. sort of. It was like a, it was like a kind of Dickensian moment where, like something out of Oliver, he sort of came over to me and said, "Oh, have you heard of Jack Walsh?" Like this, sort of over my shoulder, like he was selling me, uh, sort of, you know, brass from a like a large coat. It was like Fagin, basically. And I said, "I've never heard of him." He said, "He's the best new act in Colchester." He said, "You've got to hear him. He's like, you know, going to go places. You really need to hear him." So of course. I got straight onto the uh, onto the old uh, BBC computer and found him. He's got three songs you can hear out there. Three songs um, produced by, in fact, two of them produced by uh, DM Rice, who runs the Holy Islands um, record label, local. 
Two songs, one called Pensioner Punch-Up and one called Kintsuki, which is Kinksuki. Oh, f***ing hell. Kinksuki. Kintsuki. Can I just try that again? Yeah. So he's got two songs on Bandcamp, one called uh, Pensioner Punch-Up yeah. and one called Kintsuki. <laughs> And Why there's are you another doing hands you <laughs> I don't that? know because it's so hard to say. And also I discovered this one on Instagram as well called A Synapse Misfire, but it's a live song by the Colne River. I think it might be fingering her wig. Fingering 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 her wig. Fingering 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 her wig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fingering her wick. I think yeah. it is. I think it is. I don't know why I'd know that, but he's definitely by a river somewhere anyway. Yeah, I, um, I mean, he's someone really worth finding online. I, he's, he, by his own admission, is not really very savvy with no. the uh, social media. He, he isn't. I mean, he's, he's barely out there, but people are trying to push him out. Fraser Moore push him out there. Sorry. Fraser Morgan is a big um, promoter of him as well. If Fraser put him on, to okay. lots of uh, gigs and things and sort of encouraged him to so you know full on uh, credit to uh, so Fraser so you approached him to playing one of our future shows well yes I have kind of muted this right but one thing I would say about him though, the thing you notice most of all is when you listen to these three songs they're different every song is different and of Good. course it's his voice yeah. but what you're getting is a mark of a, like a writer here who's got genuine potential because he's not leaning you know this is what I do here we go Here's another song of mine. Here we go. Yeah. And you get into that pattern with some singers, don't you? Where you, you almost know what they're about to do. He's yeah. not like that. He doesn't have a single format or structure for his songs. It's just whatever works. And I think um, he shows real potential. And we're going to hear a song now called Pensioner Punch-Up, which is about something that happened in the local paper. Retirement is taken away All you wanted was to laze in a haze In your cosy little seaside town And see out your days But this big thick git is approaching you In the supermarket car park Bowling it over with his impolite palaver He gives it the big one Then he gives you a shove You see the red mist and you kick off Page to the puncher! Pension and punch up. Pension and punch up. Pension and punch up. Onto the front of the Range Rover Feed him the old right-left over and over Strikes that may have smarted way back when Was probably just as embarrassing then The wife of one of the gents arrives on the scene Tells her other half that he's messed up again The love of her life is still going Proper raging, but she's getting somewhere In her attempts to defuse the altercation Pension a puncher! Punch-up Pension a punch-up Pension a punch-up 
man in his automobile on his phone Getting video for everyone at home Until he finally plays Have a Go Hero Comes to the rescue of the fighting old folks At least he came along and decided to help But the initial reaction in these circumstances is to film He still then sent the tape to the local rag To get a laugh and perhaps to score some cash It's like reality TV but actually reality The headlines in the newspapers are mostly real life tragedies A tale about a drug dealer, a story of a charity Experts in the comments section siphoning sagacity Pension a punch-up! Pension a punch-up! Pension a punch-up! Pension a punch-up! Oh, that was Jack Walsh. Fantastic. Brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. I absolutely love that, and he's someone really worth following now, I think. Yeah, you can catch a live version of that, actually, on Paul Dupree's uh, radio show on... Uh, Chelps for Community Radio. Chelps for Community Radio. <laughs> it actually takes two brains to do something, doesn't it? <laughs> on, um, yeah, big up to Paul. Yeah, yeah. he's had uh, Jack Walsh on there, as well as Fraser. Anyway, uh, so we'll go back to our uh, review show. Yeah, let's review some. <laughs> Katie for Kings. Katie for Kings. We love Katie for Kings, don't we? Absolutely. As we pointed out in the last episode, which is we were just spellbound when we heard her. And uh, what was great, she actually came and played solo. Her guitarist was with her, but I think they made a decision on the spot that she would just uh, do it solo. But um, yeah, she, I, mean, don't, I don't think she rates herself as a guitarist. She's just a singer who accompanies herself with a guitar. And she's looking for a band. Do you see that? No. No, no. she's actually looking for, uh, for a proper band now oh, to wow. tape her songs. Because most of what, she, of course, she writes online is not like you'd see her perform. They're two completely different things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very poppy, um, her material online. But it was great that she turned up for a second week after our uh, you know, um, gig the week before. And then she came along and did this. So I started by asking her, why do you write songs? Why is music so important to you? Why do you think? Um, I think, uh, like growing up, I was one, like around music in my household a whole lot. Like neither of my parents play instruments like as such, but my dad's like a massive music fan. Um, so I was introduced through that, but I think it's been so important to me like in the writing side of it, because I was always like, a shy child and I could never like hold conversation I still today like I have trouble like holding conversations with people and like that like nervousness and an awkwardness of like how are people gonna like take what I say and like what is the right thing to say but with a song and with music and stuff you can sit down and you can think about it and you can really get into depth with it and it's one of my favorite things ever I feel like with a genuine artist which we consider you to be really oh. I, a genuine artist is that your your medium is through your music isn't it yeah it's kind of that's where you shine yeah Do you agree with that I mean I've always been really just like obsessive about music and creative writing in general and, and the, the way that the words and like the melodies kind of connect in a way that I don't necessarily understand because I always say to people like I'm not a musician's musician like I don't know things about music I don't know a lot about chords I can do shapes and I can do like words and stuff and that they're kind of my strongest points but yeah that's just it just is it's always been my 
my thing. Do you feel like you're developing as a writer even, you know, getting better at writing songs? Oh, absolutely. And I feel like sometimes you learn that there's a time and a place for everything. And for me as well, like something that's been really important is figuring out what's supposed to come out when and what it's supposed to look like and what it's supposed to feel like and, and stuff like that. Like the last EP I put out was like purely a like relationship breakup kind of EP because I was like these songs all kind of fit together and if I put them in a certain order then they tell a story and that's cool and the um the artwork is all like scrapbooky artwork for even for the singles and for the EP it's all got that hint of like scrapbook looking and like handwritten and stuff like that and yeah that's kind of where I'm at at the moment what actually happens between that point of sudden inspiration how does that grow into a song for you it's always different these days it's always 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 different sometimes I'll be sitting at my little electronic keyboard like I can only play like three chords but sometimes I'll just find something that feels good and then write with that or same with guitar or sometimes it's to track and sometimes I don't actually let myself listen to the track until I'm recording and it has to be like a process do you feel like you're kind of funneling ideas that are just coming out of nowhere really or yeah oh big time Um, I think sometimes it's very easy for artists and and female artists and and people to be put into boxes when they write about stuff like that and it's part of me just kind of wanted to do it and be like there you are like have have a way with it um but yeah it's it's everything like the songs i have out aren't all the songs i've written so to put someone in a box and be like you only write songs about this and this and this it's like it's yeah it's a weird perspective yeah i can understand that so you're sort of wary of that really yeah okay i think there's being wary about it but there's also throwing yourself like fully into it and being like i know that this is this is a thing and it's like how do i um i don't know yeah how do i go into this and just be resilient and and know myself as an artist in a way that i think interviewing uh, writers uh, music writers you know it's uh, musicians and things they're very they don't often know actually where they're going with anything it just you're kind of mixed up in it and it just sort of happens to you yeah Uh, it's an interesting art really isn't it um you're very rounded online it's not just the music we noticed katie's uh is it katie's bookshelf katie katie's library library. little library i absolutely love that i'm a teacher i'm a teacher myself so of course i teach like 10 year olds yeah so i'm always trying to push books on them and uh it's really nice to see adults reading you know do you enjoy reading i absolutely love it i think for me it was always something that i knew i enjoyed but I got a little bit stuck on the same book for a while right. and I was like no one's ever going to replace this book and, and I was like this is amazing and, and it, it is it's an amazing yeah. book but it's like the books that I read now are a completely different genre from that book that's still my favourite book in the whole world but it's branching out and expanding your personality a little bit as well it's great that you're pushing that on you know your followers basically because I haven't really seen anyone doing that yeah. but you got your music you got your reading yeah. uh, which pasta shape is the best one bows I love a bow they do take forever I, I don't know the you mean the middle name. bit the middle bit doesn't the, quite cook yeah yeah absolutely farfalet yeah farfalet yeah 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 the, the, see I'm so uneducated the bows <laughs> Alan Partridge called them the uh, action man bow ties oh okay fair enough <laughs> Well, you know what section of the show this is, Peter. We've, we're, you're an old pro now. All good things must come to an end. Yeah. That's, that's all I'm saying. And, you know, this isn't recorded live. We we sort of rant on for a few hours and then I sort of edit the bits out. Uh, yeah. So we're not sure which of these has made the cut. <laughs> but during the recording of this process, we, we, we've talked about um, clubbing uh, baby mermaids. 
There was actually a, a fight, but that will be edited out, I'm assuming. Yeah, um, yeah what else did we But the neighbours shouldn't be listening in. Yeah, we talked about that thing with the... It's, it's bloody hard work, but it, does, it can be done. <laughs> so let me ask you something, Peter. Mm. We asked the... Studio the audience. No, we, we, we asked 100 people. No. <laughs> Whether or not they like this podcast. <laughs> and we couldn't find 100 people to actually... <laughs> To actually answer the question. Yeah. We asked five people. <laughs> two of them being each other. Yeah. <laughs> what they thought of the podcast. Um, uh, no. So where were we? So how do you think the funny question at the end um, went? At the end? At the end of each interview. Uh, yeah. They, they, they enjoy the funny question. I think it breaks out of that, you know, um, the predictability of talking about what they do. Which is nice. It's good fun writing um, funny questions as well. I quite like it. Especially if it's something which they are absolutely not expecting. You know, each each individual act, it's important to us that we sort of know what we're talking about with them. Because obviously the, each individual act is a completely different thing. The fact that they, you know, might play guitar or they do this sort of poetry it still makes them, uh, you know, it, it still means they're individuals. And it's important to know some of those things before you approach them, actually, because they could be violent. Okay, do you want to talk about the... Next episode. Are, are we ready for that yet? Are we ready to talk about the next episode? Are you there yet? Yeah. Are you vibing? Are what? you vibing? <laughs> oh, God, I said something like that the other day. It was really embarrassing. What's but this thing people say, sack you off? If someone said it today at work. Said, yeah, he's been sacked off. But they're very specific about saying sacked. It's not, it's just like, you know, being uh, dropped. Humiliated. So who is this person they were talking about? Not you. No, not me. I uh, know. You weren't sacked off at work. No. Well, we haven't got a broom cupboard big enough. <laughs> if you have been offended by anything you've heard, then you have got no idea what we've cut out of this. <laughs> I mean, talk about go nuclear. You want to hear the other stuff before you start moaning about stuff you've heard. Wrap up. Wrap up. Wrap up. So the next podcast for us will be our local scene podcast, yeah. where we're going to be talking to a couple of bands. Yep. Yeah. All very exciting. Yeah. And uh, a promoter as well, which you will know very well if yeah. you've been to uh, one of our events. Yeah. We'll leave you wondering, but it's going to be a biggie next show. Yeah, it is going to be a, an international show. It, it is going to be an international show. So. Um, and after that, of course... Mm, we have uh, things brewing. We have things brewing. We've got an event we should probably prime you for. Mm. Which is our Literary Kings All day We're going to yes. absolutely go... Like, over the top with this one, we've yeah. decided that our event in September should be an all-dayer because we had such good fun putting together the um, Ukraine all-dayer yeah. um, that we decided that it would probably be good to get a whole section of the culture and music scene together for one blowout day in September, early September this year. So, something to look forward to. So, well, that's it. Okay. I think we're done. See you soon. See you soon. Goodbye. Go on. Go on. How can you not believe in magic? Yeah. Because everything that we've ever made started off in somebody's head. Yeah, basically, yeah. Hoochie coochie one. You're treading a very tight tightrope here. Galactic heavy. Literary kings and friends talking bullshit again.